Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. We thank you so much for taking the time out to share this time with us. We are really, really excited about the opportunity to be able to share and to be able to to have this time to grow in the Lord. Uh, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit and we initially started talking about the character of God. And that's kind of been where we have been throughout the beginning of the year, even until, you know, most recently we ended up talking about the wisdom of God and salvation. And last time we were together, we began to open up the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, the attributes and the character of the Holy Spirit, and how we can recognize the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we talked about the fruit of the flesh, which basically are, you know, the things that naturally come easy to us, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that we all try to avoid. We set the precedence here by basically saying living a life that's pleasing to God is impossible in your own strength. That means we cannot be perfect on our own. When God tells us not to do something, he's not talking about just the physical act of doing it. He's talking about your mind and your thoughts, which many of us cannot control. So what happens is it's it's a very discouraging and frustrating thing when you're trying to be perfect for someone who you can never please on your own. That's just because we're human and God is God. Absolutely. So in light of that, we must understand that God still is calling us to a life that is pleasing to him, even though we can't please him on our own. So what he did was he allowed us access to a piece of him for him to help us live the life that we could live on our own. So as you give your life to the Lord and as you yield your life over to God's will, That means now what God wants me to do and what God has for me is more important than what I want for me. Now, sometimes you might be giving something up and other times you may be opening yourself up to something brand new that God has always had for you in your life. So there's that there's that letting go of control, relinquishing control of your life and surrendering to whatever God's plan is for your life. So the whole premise of this is we want to get to a place where God is living his life through us. Yeah. And I just want to read Philippians 2 and 13 because I've referenced the scripture, but I just wanted to actually read the scripture. So when you hear it being said that it's God in us, it's coming from his word. Mm -hmm. Uh, Philippians 2, 13, I guess I'll read it in the NIV. It says, Actually, I'll start at 12. Therefore, my, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. Mm-hmm. It's in, it's God working in us. He's using our body 
our resources, what we have at our disposal naturally to do what and to accomplish his will that he set out, not ours. It's just him working through us. And I think that's so true. And and I think that's one of the hardest things to do is to really surrender and, and yield control. There's a line here that I feel like challenges us as human beings that I don't like to be controlled. Many of us, I don't like people telling me what to do. I don't like that. I like to do my own thing. I want to do what I got to do, or at least have me participate in it. Let me feel like I have some (laughs) role to play other than me just running around and you telling me what to do. Right. So what that leads to is that leads to the issue of pride and you feeling like, you know, more and rebel and all this stuff. So it it gets, it really goes into a whole, um, whole dynamic. So the question we're trying to answer is how can we live lives that are pleasing to God and how can we know that God's characteristics are being activated in our lives? Right. How can we better participate in God's plan for our lives and not just our lives, but God's plan for us in the earth? So we got we have to really, really bring it outside of ourselves now, especially in this climate. You know, I mean, everything has changed. So now now we need to be start thinking, what does my life mean? Not to me, not to my family, per se, but to the world. Like God has a purpose, a global purpose, a universal purpose for us still breathing. And we want to figure what that is out. And God is not trying to control you. He's just trying to have you participate in the greatest plan ever hatched that concerns your life. That's really what it is. So this leads us to talking about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, and the fruit of the Spirit. We have to first lay some groundwork, and this is very important. There are some disclaimers that we have to let you guys know before we take this ride through the characteristics and the fruit of the spirit. It is very important that we lay these disclaimers out this way in the frame of reference of every aspect that we talk about of the fruit. These four things are going to be the foundation by which we are going to look at each one of them. Okay. So we like to go through them here. All right. So the first one, the fruit of the spirit are not the fruit of our life. They are the fruit of of the Holy Spirit's life in us. That, that, that was referenced yeah. in the verses before the 22nd verse. I'll, I'll start at the 16th verse. It says, so I tell you, live the way the spirit leads you. Then you will not do the evil things your sinful self wants. The sinful self wants what is against the spirit and the spirit wants what is against the sinful self. They are always fighting against each other so that you don't do what you really want to do. But if you let the spirit lead you, you are not under law. The wrong things the sinful self does are clear. Committing sexual sin, being morally bad, doing all kinds of shameful, shameful things, worshiping false gods, taking part in witchcraft, hating people causing trouble, being jealous, angry, or selfish, causing people to argue and divide into separate groups, being filled with envy, getting drunk, having wild parties, and doing other things like this. I warn you now, as I warned you before, the people who do these things will not have a part in God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's what comes from us, the flesh. Yeah. And it comes naturally 
That's the fruit of our life by default. And we have to accept that. See, because in accepting and recognizing that, there is so much freedom. There's just so much freedom in just saying, you know what? I can't do this. I can't. Because the crazy thing about this whole thing is God is not expecting you to please him on your own, which is where religion and sometimes the stigmas of legalism cause you to feel like you and your own strength have to do these things because that's what God expects. No, what God expects is he expects us to accept the provision of salvation through Jesus Christ and all of those benefits that come with us being saved. One of the benefits that comes with us being saved is coming into an understanding and recognizing what is in that package of salvation. I just want to add, it reminds me of the scripture in Psalms that says he knows our frame and he remembers that we're dust. Yeah. So God knows what we're made out of. Yeah. He knows that we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. In sin, our mothers conceived us. Yeah. So apart from him, we're filthy. And that's just the bottom line. I know a lot of people like to say, um, you know, things like, and it it goes along the lines of, like you said, just accepting people don't like to accept the truth, the nitty gritty truth and the reality of who we are. We like to put lipstick on. It's like putting lipstick on a pig. You know that saying, putting (laughs) lipstick on a pig. Or putting cologne on. (laughs) Remember the fragrance. Or putting perfume on a dirty body. It don't work. But a lot of times us as humans, we like to sort of paint this pretty picture and we don't like to come to grips with who we are apart from God. And that's the trick of the enemy that the majority of society falls in line with. There's nothing wrong with me. I was born this way. I'm not this. I'm not wrong. How could I be wrong? This is who I am. No, we were all born with proclivities and things that are not right. They don't line up with the spirit of God because we're all born in sin. Mm -hmm. We're all dirty. Mm -hmm. That's why there's a need for a savior. Otherwise, if it was in our own strength, there'd be no need for God to send Jesus down. He wouldn't need to atone anything because there was no sin to atone. But the truth of the matter is we're all dirty. We're all filthy. We cannot do it. In our own strength. Mm-hmm. And that's what week after week, we keep saying it. And, you know, we keep reiterating it because like you said, it brings freedom yes. to the fact that when you realize, oh, okay, it's not just me, it's everybody. But that's what the powerful thing about it is. See, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, you see how big that is, right? Believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We are all a part of that whosoever. That whosoever includes that whatsoever. That whatsoever you did, whatever you doing, whatever you struggling with, God's awareness of that will now allow us to walk in the freedom and just knowing that I've put my trust in Christ. And as I walk with the Lord, my character will begin to change because I'm now associating with somebody who is better than me. And we see this in natural relationships. You ever be like we, we recently moved down, you know, to North Carolina and we're fighting to keep our northern accents. <laughs> but because I have changed my location and now I'm in closer proximity to a different culture, eventually people are going to start to recognize where are you from? There's going to start being a rubbing off 
on you of things. And this is how the life and walk with the Lord is. Jesus starts rubbing off on you and you start sounding like him and you start saying things that's like him and you start thinking like him and then you start being like him. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is using you and it's not you, it's him. So the first disclaimer, these are not the fruit of our life. These are the fruit of the Holy Spirit's life in us. Number two, we cannot manufacture these fruits on our own. Our definition of love is not the same as God's. Our love and our best attempts to be so loving and so just, oh my God, they have so much love. To God, it's almost laughable, our love compared to his. Our joy, our peace, our patience, our temperance, our goodness, our kindness, our self-control is not to be compared to God's. So we make an imitation in our own strength of what those fruit are. And the real genuine fruit of the spirit cannot be replicated from our own life. Can't manufacture that. Third point, the third disclaimer, in order to recognize them in our lives, we must first understand them from God's perspective. The fruit of the spirit is God's characteristics working through us, not because we are being more loving and we are being more patient, but because we are allowing the Holy Spirit to be patient and loving through us. So that means there are going to be times where you're going to be able to love someone who's your enemy. It's impossible to love your enemy in your own strength because you can't really forgive your enemy. Because you gave them a title. They're your enemy. So enemy to us means somebody who is an enemy (laughs) and is not worthy to be anything but an enemy. So what we do is I love my enemy, but I compartmentalize. And that means I'm going to love you over here. You know, this is my enemy column. This is my friend column. This is my family column. I'm not going to write you out. If you need me, I, I will do it for you if I can in my power. But I'm not going the extra mile. God's love says before you even knew me and before you even confessed or recognized me, I love you first. That means if you stray away from me and you hate me, it's not going to change my love for you. That's God's love. And that love is the fruit of the spirit. Loving that way is only possible through the spirit of God being activated in our lives. So in order to recognize the fruit of the spirit in our lives as a barometer to see, hey, listen, is the Holy Spirit really working in me? Am I growing? Am I becoming more forgiving? Am I becoming more loving from the frame of reference of God's love? The fourth disclaimer, and this is the last disclaimer, and then we'll talk a little bit more about God's love. The fruit is not the seed. The seed, when matured, will produce the fruit. So you, so basically you're not, you, w- you wouldn't plant an apple to get an apple, right? Like right. You, that you, you take, you extract the seed in the apple to in turn reproduce that same thing. Mm-hmm. So the fruit that are referenced in the scripture is that's not what is getting planted. Right. You, you can't plant peace, joy, self-control to get 
it, it's, it's a seed. Mm-hmm. And this, go ahead, I'll let you. Yeah, and the seed is your relationship with Christ. The seed is Christ in you. It's the life of Christ inside of you. The fruit comes after the seed has been matured. Now the seed doesn't just, you plant a seed in the natural, right? You plant it in the ground, but that's not the only process that takes place in order for that seed to grow from a sprout to a shoot to this and that and that and that, what all the other stages of, of, of growth are. But there are many stages of growth until you can see a bud. Then you start seeing the fruit. Then the fruit got to get ripe enough for other people to be able to partake of it and including you to partake of it. The fruit of, of a relationship with him does not happen overnight. It's a process that you walk with God with. And allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you, you begin to see these characteristics of God start to pop up in your life that you can benefit from and then other people benefit from. So as we go on through this process, don't be like, oh, man, see, that's what I don't have. I, I, I need to be more. I need, I need to be more loving. I need to be more patient. I need to be. No, no you need to just be closer to God. Right. That's the focal point, I think. In, in dealing with this scripture mm-hmm. is and the, just the topic in general, it's more so to highlight the fact that our focus is on getting in a even closer relationship with the spirit. Right. So the prayer is not as much. God, give me more love. Let me have more peace. But Lord, let your spirit be more evident mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need more of your spirit because then every other fruit that comes with it is a byproduct. Of the fact that you have his spirit. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the thing about a seed is it's, it's only the possibility of fruit. Mm. If you don't do what's necessary to cultivate the seed, it'll just be a seed in. In the ground. In the ground. Or it'll just be a seed on the, on, uh, on the table, wherever you put it. That's true. Yeah. And when you look at that seed, it's, a, it's the possibility of an apple of an orange, of whatever else you're planting. But it's only until you do what's necessary for it to actually grow, mm-hmm. it becomes the fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Deuteronomy 7 and 7 says, The Lord did not set his love upon you and choose you because you were more in number than any other people. You were the fewest of all these people. It's not our love, it's God's love. Yeah. Should we read the yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. passage yeah. first? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go just ahead. read Galatians 5, mm-hmm. and I'll go until I stop. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, in the easy-to-read version. But the fruit that the Spirit produces in a person's life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these kinds of things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their sinful self. They have given up their old selfish feelings and the evil things they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So now look, this is a confirmation of what we're just saying. This is what you're doing to prepare your your soil for growth. You're putting away things, selfish things, and surrendering our life to the Lord so that the spirit can flow through a clear channel. So what is the work that we have to do? It's the work of believing in the finished work of Christ It's believing and trusting in his love for us at the level that he desired it to be known to us. The Bible says that the Lord set 
his love upon us and chose us, not because we were so great, but because he wanted to. We love the Lord because he first loved us. He initiated the love. And that, that's the part that's crazy to me, right? The fact that God would go to such lengths to prove his love and his desire for us to have a relationship with him, that he would interrupt the course of history, come down in the form of Jesus Christ with no guarantee that we would end up choosing him. God, the same God that created us, could have rigged the system where, all right, everybody's going to just accept me because I'm God. No, God allows us to have free will to make choices and we choose to trust and accept his provision for us to have a relationship with him. And if we don't, that's on us. But he initiated it with no guarantee that the whole world, the Bible says it's his will that none should perish. That's his will. But he's not usurping his will over your will to be like, I don't have nothing to do with God. I don't need, I don't believe in no God. Yeah. There's no demand for reciprocation. Right. God is not insecure, right? And all of our relationships are based on our own perceptions, our own insecurities, right? So we block people, we shade people, we do certain things because we have expectations that we need fulfilled in order for us to feel gratified as human beings in our relationship. God is not like that. God is perfectly secure in who he is. He set his love on us. There's a word, a Hebrew word, shazak. When it says set his love on, the word shajak there, it means that God has chosen to delight in us. He chose to delight in us. He set his will upon us. He set his focus upon us. He chose to be devoted to us and to hold fast to us before we even initiated anything. That's like somebody being in a relationship um, or, you know, a girlfriend, boyfriend kind of thing or whatever, and skipping all the steps not going through that trial period of, all right, I'm, I, I, I like this person. I like them. So let's just go out and talk. Let's just hang out a little bit and let me see if my like turns into love. And then if my like turns into love, well, let's try to see if it's real love or not, or if it's infatuation, because I just think you're fine. Let's see what happens when I get mad. And when you get mad, let's see if we can survive that. Let me see if I not only like you, but let me see if I like your family. Let me see if I like all the baggage that comes with you. What we're saying is when God says he loves you, he bypasses all that. God goes to the ultimate end of his love and says, when he says he set his love on you, that means that God skipped all that liking stage already made the decision. and he's already made a decision to love you no matter what. That's a fruit of the spirit that we cannot do that. Because we need to go through the liking stage to figure out if I'm going to really commit to this person. Because if I commit, that means I'm also responsible for all of the drama. Or I'm, gonna, I'm introducing this into my life and I'm going to have to deal with it and be okay because I chose it. God chose us and set his love upon us. Not because we were perfect. Not because we're so good. But he chose and set and initiated his un conditional love to the point that he would give his only begotten son to cement the possibility of us always having access to him, whether that's today, tomorrow, on your deathbed, to the day you breathe your last breath, the door is always open for you to have the possibility of having a relationship 
with the Lord. Now that is love. That is the characteristic of the Holy Spirit working through us that will translate and both us come into a greater understanding of God's love for us. So as we eat of that fruit, we're able to give what we now understand. And once we have a level of appreciation for Christ, now our perspective changes on other people. So now we're able to see, uh, I can't judge them because I'm a wretch and Jesus loved me like this. Uh, I love them like that too. I just want God's best for them. And even if they're in the enemy box, and even if they're in a the category of, I don't like them, something inside of you makes you forget why you don't like them. <laughs> and you begin to love them because Jesus loves them, even if you don't. So it's not our love. It's God's love. It's not our peace. It's God's peace. It's not our patience because we don't have any. It's God's patience. And may we grow to learn to allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate those character changes in our lives as we begin to yield more and more to the love of the Lord. And, and this is for all of us, including yeah. myself, because yeah. if you're like me, I get overwhelmed sometimes thinking about all of the checks that are not marked. I have a list of things and some, a scripture like this, where it's, it's a whole bunch of lists yeah. come up. Yeah. I get overwhelmed. Like I, I didn't do that. I can't do this. Yep. And I, I, I feel overwhelmed because I, I don't have peace and, and, and I, I'm struggling with anxiety or I, I, I don't like that person. And I really don't want to show like I, I get so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But the prayer is not as much. Lord, give me more love. I mean, of course, that can be a prayer. But coupled with that, the prayer needs to be, Lord, I need more of your spirit. Amen. Because that'll just take care of everything. That's right. In every situation that I'm in. I'm at the grocery store and I get annoyed. Lord, I need more of your spirit. I'm feeling anxious today. I'm on edge and I don't know why. Lord, I need more of your spirit. Let mm. that be the prayer along with whatever else you say so that the focus is put on his spirit. Because mm. the more we consume his spirit, the more the fruit will just naturally be evident. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you thank for you, your Lord. goodness towards us. We thank you for your love. We just thank you for being God thank you, in our lives, God. You have been so faithful to us. You have kept us thank you, Lord. through this entire season, week after week, day after day, minute by minute. You're keeping us. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we are grateful. Lord, as we prepare for another week and as we have received what you have said Today, we pray, God, that you would continue to be with us. Let our prayer all week continually be, Lord, give us more of your spirit. Yes, Lord. Lord, we recognize we need more love. We need more patience. We need more joy. We need more peace. But Lord, before we even get to those things, our prayer is give us more of your spirit. Yes, Lord. We've made the decision to live for you to give you our hearts, to give you our lives. And so as we do that and as we grow in you, God, I pray, God, that you would just continue to give us more of your spirit yes, and let that spirit lead us and guide us. Bring back to re remembrance everything that you've taught, everything that you've said in yes. your word, God. I pray, God, that you would bless each and every person 
that is apart. Each and every listener, God. I pray that you bless them in every area of their life, God. I pray that you bless their finances. I pray that you bless their emotions. Mm. I pray that you bless every relationship, God. God. Everything in their life, God. I pray you breathe on it and bring your spirit into it, God. I pray, God, that you would continue to protect us, continue to keep our bodies divinely healed, God. I pray, God, that you would just continue to be God in our lives. That's all we need is for you to be God in our lives, God. We thank you and we praise you for your word, God. And we give your name glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.